0: And welcome into to another great edition of That Sports Show. That is the Impact Weekly, Impact Media rather, Weekly Delve into all things sports. Today we're going to hit the NFL, we're going to hit NASCAR, uh, Rugby ATL, Atlanta United, and of course a little baseball on the back end. I'm your host Jeremy the Impact York. It has been a small minute since we have uh, have been able to bring you this show. Uh, life things happen. And we are just happy and excited to be back going. Hopefully keep this a, a, a super current thing. If you would like to follow the show on Facebook, you can probably search that sports show. You can impact media. You can search me. Any of those should bring it uh, to your Immediate attention at the Impact ninety nine will get me on all social media platforms. We, yeah, pretty much every social media platform, which will find links to the show at Team Impact Media on Twitter will get you just nothing but show links. And uh, we we still have the email. We still have the email at Three End Zone. It's E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com in case you want to email us. Some people like to email. We like to email. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, questions, comments, suggestions, what you like, what you didn't like, we want to know. Maybe there's something we're not talking about you'd like to hear about. Hear our take on something. So, let's get into it. I'm going to start... I'm going to start with um, some NFL because the NFL has been doing their best to remind us that uh, they're a year-long league, which they are. They're a year-long league. That uh, steals headlines a lot. And, uh, just in the time since we've been away, we're going to go over some of these bigger stories here. Let's start with Calvin Ridley here locally. Calvin Ridley. can't say star wide receiver, although if he was cur- currently a part of the team, then I, I would say he's the, the best wide receiver the Falcons have. It's because they don't really have, I think they have like one guy signed as a wide receiver. Yeah, and there's Kyle Pitts, but he's a tight end. We could go into that debate. But no, Calvin Ridley, who sat out most of last year with um, because of his mental health and I'm a big proponent that, that um your mental health is, is something you should pay attention to just as much as you do your physical health. That being said, in the same way Hopefully, when you say you're having uh, mental health-related things where you're trying to maybe straighten some things out or, or uh, you know, make sure you're healthy, that you're not just using this as a way to get what you want. I think it's a little little both in his case, and I'll, I'll come out and say it. I'm not afraid to say this here. Uh, Do I think uh, he's trying to get some things straightened out and get in his right mind? Yes. Do I think that's 100% of the reason why he sat out a lot last year? No, I don't. And why is that? Because back in November, he made a multiple-team parlay bet on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, let me clarify this. If you play a professional sport, they tell you all day, every day, all year long, every chance you get, there are posters in the locker room, there are posters in hallways, there are people practically every day that tell you, or at least every week, they tell you, hey, whatever professional sport you play, you are not allowed to make bets on. Calvin Ridley made a bet on football, on the NFL. He could even bet on college football and probably not have much of an issue. He might have got yelled at by the NFL, but that's not that's not against the the bylaws. That's not that's not against NFL policy. He could technically vote on. I mean, he could technically make bets on college football. We've also in the this offseason seen him. Uh, what was he on the the sideline of a fo- uh, college football game? Yeah, it seemed like he was doing pretty good mentally that day. It just seems to me that he's very immature. And of course, people could say, "Well, I mean, you know, he he is a year he is." And yes, we ask a lot of our professional athletes, sometimes at 18, 19, 20 years old, 21, 22, 23, 25, up into 28, I think until you 30 even, sometimes after that. We're asking these kids to be grown adults and make adult decisions. understand that. Not everybody has had the same training to get there, and I understand that as well. Not everybody is prepared the same way, to act like a human, to act like a, uh, an adult. I get that. But you just have to know, you can't bet on the professional sports you participate in. And here's the kicker. His screen name or his ID name on on whatever app it was, was his name. It was Calvin Ridley, probably some number afterwards. Yeah. Even other players in other leagues, they once again, the leagues don't condone this, but there's not a real good way to police it yet. If you want to make a bet on, let's say you're Calvin Ridley, and you want to make a bet on the NFL, you have your buddy make the bet in their name. You give your friend Steve beside you. You give uh, your aunt. It doesn't matter. You give anybody the money that can legally place it as a bet, and they go make the bet. And then uh, if you win, they collect the money. You get your money. If you lose, hey, you, you can't collect anyway. You don't put your own name on it. You don't do it. The problem is now he's been suspended for at least this next season. And the problem is now the Falcons, A, they don't have to pay his salary. They owe him $0 for this year. But B, his value, in case they were going to move him to another team, which I think was in the works, Pretty sure Philadelphia had a trade in place last fall, but the Falcons learned of this and immediately backed out of the trade. Philly kind of thought it was unprofessional until they heard about this. Philly contacted Atlanta and said, hey, we absolutely appreciate what you did there. Let us know if we can help. And so Calvin was going to get what he wanted. He was getting out of Atlanta. I'm pretty sure what this whole out was about was he just didn't want to play in Atlanta. I think some of that diva, diva-ness, I guess that's the word I'm going to use, diva-ness, rubbed off from Julio on his way out the door onto Calvin Ridley. And so Calvin's like, I don't want to play for this team. I want to play somewhere else. The Falcons were trying to help him with that, and he couldn't help himself. So now he sits out this year. They can't trade him. They can't do anything with him until the suspension's up. And even then, who is going gonna to want this? Because he continues to make... Immature decisions. Teams aren't going to want to take this risk. So let's have to see what happens. It's uh, this is going to play out over the next year. We're going to see what this, this, how this plays out. Let's get into some more positive stuff. All right, we wish the best for Calvin Ridley. I really do. I know it sounds like I was ragging on him there. I was, I was really detrimental to him. No. I'm, if he needs help then we need to get him the help he needs. But if this is just him making immature decisions, then he's got to figure that out. Find a mentor that can help you out with that. Arthur Blank, Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, people on your team. That's people I would, I would uh, talk to. Don't want to talk to them? Find somebody. Heck, Chad Johnson. Talk to Terrell Owens. Talk to those guys. They'll help you. Let's move on to some of these other transactions because, my goodness, has it been, I don't even know this is a carousel. If it's a carousel, it's it's more like a tilt-a-whirl. It's a hang on and and, uh, and uh, see who's left at the end. So we got Russell Wilson, who is no longer a Seahawk. He's excited about that. He is now a Denver Bronco. This means the AFC West is completely loaded now, and the NFC West gets a little weaker. Seattle was already the fourth-best team in their division. Last I heard, they're, they're considering uh, Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield if they can get one of those, but I don't know why because they're in a complete rebuild just like Atlanta. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Russ goes to Denver. Denver's a good market. I don't know if it's quite the market he was was after, but he goes on to a team where they immediately become an elevated choice to run deep in the playoffs. They've got the receivers. They've got a pretty good defense. They've got some good things going. And so Russ to the AFC West, which means twice a year he sees Derek Carr and the Raiders, who have loaded up, and we will talk about them in a minute. He will also see the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes who are already stacked and loaded. They continue to make uh, at least AFC title games, if not Super Bowls. And he will also face Justin Herbert. And we'll talk about him in a minute and his chargers because they've loaded up and gotten even bigger. In fact, let's go straight to there. Russell Wilson It's added to the AFC West, meaning those are the four quarterbacks where if you play anybody in the West, you're either going to get Russell Wilson, you're going to get Derek Carr, you're going to get Justin Herbert, or you're going to get Patrick Mahomes. So what do the Chargers do? Because the Chargers are like, we already got a great quarterback. We don't need one of those. How do you combat another great quarterback entering your division? You call it the Chicago Bears, and you get Khalil Mack. And I know people keep saying, what does Khalil Mack have left? Well, this is a Von Miller situation. Are they at the height of their abilities? Probably not. Probably more on the decline. Not, not too far. If if uh, if Khalil Mack's career is around a golf, being 18 holes, so to say, I would say he is uh, definitely starting the back nine. But I wouldn't say he's you know approaching the clubhouse. I, I would say Khalil Mack is very much on the 10th or 11th hole. He might be 12th or 13th, but either way. He's still not at the end. But this is what this does. They have Joey Bosa. They have other great pieces on their front seven. So they bring in Khalil Mack the same way the Rams brought in Von Miller. And you say, hey, we've got some great guys up front. We've got some great guys we're going to put around you. All we need you to do is run after that quarterback and make sure he doesn't throw the ball. If you're Khalil Mack... That's all the Chargers are really going to ask of you. They might say some coverage things here and there, but they're going to say, hey, Joey Bosa's going to tie up the front. We need you to run around and smash the quarterback. Khalil Mack can do that. I thought this was one of the best pickups. And you could say some of the some of the uh, other ones we will get to some of the other quarterbacks and the, and the other people moving around here and there. In fact, Vaughn Miller uh, has a new team as well. But I'm going to put the Khalil Mack trade right there towards the top. The Chargers are one of the few who loaded up defensively. They added that extra key piece. I very much like this trade, and I hope it works out. You know, I'm not looking for Khalil Mack to have 20 sacks, but I can see him having 10 and having a bunch of knockdowns and hurries and and things like that. And here's the thing, too, is every time that Khalil Mack starts to make progress towards a quarterback, That's going to move some attention away from Joey Bosa. So now his numbers are going to go up. They're going to be able to play the one-two tandem. Just like I said, Von Miller and Aaron Donald did last year. And, oh, what did the Rams do? They won the Super Bowl. You could say it was bringing in Matt Stafford. I would say that was part of it. But the other part of it was they shored up their defense. Uh, Let's just go to Von Miller. Why not? Von Miller signs a uh, pretty big contract to go to the Buffalo Bills. Remember what I just said about Khalil Mack, that Khalil Mack is like, it's going to be like a Von Miller thing? Well, Buffalo did the same thing. Buffalo said, hey, we've got a great front seven. But now we're going to upgrade the talent in it too, and we're going to bring in Von Miller, and we're going to ask him to do basically what what he did with the L.A. Rams. All we need you to do, is go after that quarterback and just be you. We're not asking you to be a superstar. We're just asking you to be a star. So watch out. Buffalo loaded up in the one place they needed to. Parts of their defense. They might add a receiver, but it's a big draft. Uh, what else can we get into? Uh, Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay and make... I don't know, it was 50 million a year. I keep hearing different numbers. Let's just say it's a three-year deal, two of which are guaranteed. It allows Aaron to get out whenever he wants. My guess is he's going to play about two more years, and we will basically be back in this whole Brett Favre back and forth. Not sure if he's going to come back or not. For somebody who doesn't want to be like Brett Favre, he sure acts like him. But Aaron's staying in Green Bay. That's going to be a great thing. It seems like the AFC is the one who's been loading up recently. Over in the NFC, you've got Brady, who come back, who has came back to Tampa Bay at the moment. You've also got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We know you're going to have to go through one or both of them to make it to the Super Bowl. The AFC is the one that's loaded up. The NFC, that's where you want to stay. It's, it's time to make a good run. If you're an NFC team, it's the best time to load up and try to make a run because uh, it's it's going to be a slightly easier path, in my opinion. Uh, who did it? Speaking, speaking of, I mentioned it earlier. Las Vegas had some news, and we were just talking about Green Bay. Well, Devontae Adams has been traded from the Green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders. Great pickup for Derek Carr, who played with Devontae Adams in college at Fresno State. They were a great one-two tandem. Uh, Great gift for Josh McDaniels, the new head coach out there. Uh, He has been making some tremendous moves, bringing in some uh, really key people, trading away some, bringing in others. Look out for the Raiders. But here's the thing on Devontae Adams. A lot of people said, well, he was franchise-tagged. Correct. And he also said that he would not play under the franchise tag, and the Packers sat down with him a lot and tried to work out a long-term deal to which he actually agreed to um, a deal with Las Vegas so that this trade could happen, an extension deal going forward, and it's actually less money than the Packers offered. So he just wanted out of Green Bay. Which is crazy because everybody says that Aaron and Devontae are best friends. Maybe so, maybe this is just a business decision, but Devontae is now in Las Vegas. Las Vegas loading up. Just told you about all the stuff that's going on out there between Denver and the Chargers and them. Kansas City's added people to it uh I'm here to tell you, the AFC West and the NFC West are, are going to be the fun divisions this year. At least at this juncture, we'll see what happens after the tra- after the um, draft. It's coming up in what, a month or less, something like that. But I'm here to tell you that's that's a big trade. It's a big trade. Now we'll see what both those teams do moving forward. There's going to be a couple more moves. I don't think Green Bay's done, and I certainly don't think that Las Vegas is either. Carson Wentz is on to his third team as he is now part of the Washington Commanders. I still want to call them the uh, Washington football team, but they are now the Commanders. Here's the thing on Carson. Is he that top talent that would signify why he was drafted as high as he was? He was drafted, what, number two overall, two or three, something like that? No, he's not. He is one of those people, but he's not terrible. He's one of those people that when you put him in a quarterback, you say, "Hey, need you to just uh, play solid, limit the mistakes, and you know, try not to turn the ball over. You know, don't lose us the game. We don't necessarily need you to make a play to win the game. We've got other people for that. I'm not sure that Washington does." But he's one of those game managers. That's that's kind of why I didn't like Alex Smith being called one because he could make plays. But you want him to manage the game and keep everything in front of him. Ron Rivera is one of the best coaches in the league. People don't want to give him credit, but he does fantastic things. you ever notice there's not any, any real discipline or attitude issues on a Ronda team, and if there are, the guy's either shipped out or it gets corrected. It'll be interesting to see what Carson Wentz and Ronda Vera are going to do in Washington. Um, I'll go ahead and say it, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. I think the Cowboys are going to take a slight step back. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. So it's up to Washington and Philly. And, uh, well, the Giants, you're probably not going to be in that discussion. Washington or Philly could kind of sneak up there and challenge for the division. Philly probably could. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Since we haven't spoken since then, congratulations to the Rams with their win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, that's how long it's been on this thing uh, for the Super Bowl. It played out pretty much how we thought it would. Two teams going back and forth. Cincinnati had a chance in the end, and good old Aaron Donaldson said, no, sir, you're not taking this from me. It's a good Super Bowl. I remember watching it. Good food, good fellowship, all that kind of thing. But uh, fun to watch, fun to watch. Um, Allen Robinson has signed with the L.A. Rams, speaking of the Rams. So a lot of people said, well, they signed Allen Robinson. By the way, I'm a huge Aaron uh, Allen Robinson fan, so good for him. And so what does that mean for Robert Woods? Well, that means Robert Woods coming off his, uh, his ACL tear or was it Achilles with him? I think it was an ACL tear. It kept him out. It allowed OBJ, who is now on an ACL injury, it allowed him to come in and be a big part of, of the winning team. Well, Robert Woods is now going to be with the Tennessee Titans. This is a great pickup. The Tennessee Titans let go of, of Julio Jones the other day because he didn't did a big load of squat while he was there. He was, uh, Atlanta fans, stop me when you, when you've, uh, heard this before. He was, uh, often injured, and when he was on the field, didn't perform to the levels you thought he would. Yep, that's pretty much the reason why Atlanta found a new home for him. That and his, uh, his diva-ness, I will bring that back up, diva-ness. In fact, we're going to name today's. We're going to name the show. show, is Make a note of that. Producers made a note of that. Cool. So having Robert Woods, a even coming off a knee injury, having Orchilles, whichever it was, I can't remember now. Either way, Robert Woods is a highly productive wide receiver that even if he is at 75%, 80%, you're going to get a lot out of him. Tannehill's going to appreciate that. It's going to take some of the load off of uh off the run game, and Vrabel is a great coach as well. Let's see what he can do when he has a few more weapons uh, like that. And lastly, the big news as of what, Friday? It was Friday. Deshaun Watts. Remember, he had it down to four teams, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, and Cleveland, and he eliminated Cleveland. Okay. Then he eliminated Carolina. People in Atlanta were like, oh, man, he's coming home. He's coming here. I kept shaking my head the whole time. Because nothing personal but between New Orleans and Atlanta, you go to New Orleans. They're a way more loaded team. Atlanta's got one of the lower rosters in the league right now. They're in a rebuild, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing what they can. They're still productive. They're still a quality team. But they're in a rebuild. So he get he uh Once again, he says, says, uh, Cleveland, you're out. Okay. Carolina, you're out. Great. We're between Atlanta and New Orleans. And then we're here. He's going to Cleveland. And so he is going to Cleveland. Sean Watson to Cleveland. Texans get a bunch of picks and uh, a pretty good haul back. Cleveland has already signed him to a ridiculously crazy um, uh, contract that – Will not, you know, it's all a bunch of it's guaranteed, and and if he still gets suspended, suspended for all of the, um, for all the civil lawsuits, still has 22 civil lawsuits against him. He's not going to be charged criminally in any of them. He's already had that hearing, but. Uh, depending on what happens with those, the NFL still has the right to suspend him for those. Cleveland's still going to pay. And I believe they signed Jacoby Brissett earlier today or yesterday. I believe so. That sounds right. They sound, they, they signed, I believe... Yeah, they signed Brissett to back him up. I think that's a great choice. That's in case Deshaun can't play as well if he gets suspended, things like that. But so what does that mean for Baker Mayfield that before this announcement on Wednesday and Thursday, he said that he had told the Browns, I want out. You guys have released all these statements saying that you want an adult at quarterback and that you want, you basically want somebody different. You're pretty much uh, done with me. So I went out. And the Browns said, no, we're not trading you. And then they trade for Deshaun Watson. Well, and you signed Jacoby Brissett. So now Baker Mayfield needs a new home. I mentioned earlier that Seattle has expressed interest in either bringing in Baker or getting Matt Ryan. I think they're waiting to see where Deshaun was going to go. So, where can Baker Mayfield go? I think, you know, I, I have to say he is better than he is better than uh, Garoppolo. I think he is better than uh, Carson Wentz, but obviously Washington, know he'd be available. I think he's better than a lot of the league. He has the potential. He is, he's one, too. that uh, I think once he's not injured, he was injured most of last year. If he's not injured and he limits his mistakes, Baker Mayfield can be a good quarterback in this league. If I were him, where would I want to go? Uh, Indianapolis. If I were Matt Ryan, where would I want to go? Indianapolis. That is a team that is a, is a quarterback away from competing. So, it'll be interesting to see who Indy gets, because they currently have nobody. And whoever Indy does not get, I feel like Seattle's going to make a play for. And I don't know why, because Seattle's in a full rebuild and they don't get it. And if you're Atlanta, you can't make a trade with Matt Ryan until after June 1, or you're going to take such a massive cap hit that you can't really re-sign anybody anyway. But... There we go. First show back in a while. Almost, what, 27 minutes, 26 minutes of NFL talk. And this, all of that stuff happened in the last week, in the last week or so. Is, is that? That's just crazy. Uh, let's move on to Rugby ATL. Rugby ATL. They got a game coming up. Tonight at 7, probably by the time you guys listen to this, it will have happened. Uh, look for all the post game and interviews and things that we do that we post. And uh, between us and Chris Wyatt, another great follow, especially if you're on YouTube. Uh, we, we try to get the players in. We try to give the uh, in depth analysis. We are two of the main um, outside the facility media people that cover the team. So uh, we do our best. We do our best to. Uh, cover and, and talk to the people that you want to hear from. But uh, things they have done this season, they are currently 4-1 with wins uh, in the opening week at home versus Old Glory DC, where that was a tight battle all the way up until the last handful of minutes, where ATL just poured it on, won that one 55-22. Impressive. Impressive. They had never scored that many points before. Uh, they go to NOLA, play NOLA Gold the next week. That was down in New Orleans, of course. They lose that one 14-9. Then back home. They've had a pretty good run at home here. They lost to Rooney, otherwise known as Rugby United New York, 36-31. to That was a tough battle. That was. Uh, Post games aren't as fun when they lose. They're just not. You gotta, you gotta learn how to sidestep some things. You've got the win versus the Houston SaberCats, twenty nine to twenty two. That was a fantastic performance. And then just last week, they had the win at home versus the Austin Gilgronis and the return of Marco Keith, who played for us last year, twenty nine to fourteen. Big players this year for us. Uh, the leadership of Matt Heaton and Ryan Nell are fantastic. They are, and, and uh, Coach Steve and, and uh, everybody doing such a great job. Coach Brent. Uh, the new leadership. A lot of people saw the story of the, uh, the new president, uh, Amanda Windsor-White, She's fantastic. Uh, we, uh, I speak with her during every game. Uh, they've got a great foundation set up. They've, they've, uh, they're really building this thing. They're looking to expand it and making it bigger. Just, uh, It's really been a fun season. Even the new owner, if you, if you guys haven't got a chance to meet him, go out to games, by the way. Games are very affordable. They're out there at Silverback Park. We have a great time out there. The next home game is next Saturday at 3 o'clock against the New England Free Jacks anyway. Uh, the game they have today is at Old Glory D.C., who, remember, they, they uh, kind of massacred there at the end of week one, 7 p.m. tonight. That is on FS1, if you guys are so inclined to have that, or the Rugby Network typically carries those Um Let's see. But this team, whether it's been the emergence of Austin White, or like I said, the leadership of Matt Heaton Ryan now, uh, you got uh, Billy Halu, who has been holding it down. Uh, Marco Jans van Rensperg. I've been practicing these names. I'm trying my <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um and as it was explained in the in the post game show last week, uh, Rowan Hoss, or, or Rowan I think it's Rowan House. Something close to that. Rowan, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but uh, cuz I asked him, I said, you know, this is something I get asked and um and I'm kind of curious about it as well, given the position that he plays. I said every time there is uh, a ruck, which is uh, when a player goes to is tackled, and then you stack it up so that you can get the ball out and distribute it to the next guy. It seems like Rowan was always the one taking the, taking the ball from the ruck and throwing it to the next guy. And he said, yeah, that is very much one of my main duties is I'm kind of like the quarterback to put it in a U.S. term and in, into an American term. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Steve Brett and Blake Bradford, yeah, it, the, the new coaches, uh, just doing a fantastic job. But um, like I said, Marco and Johan Momson, who is just a legend. Vili talked about, Matt Heaton, Ross Deacon has been doing a great job, Ryan Rees, uh, Will Leonard, big time, big time performances, especially in the last few games. Uh, Joaquin De La Vega-Mendia, hopefully he gets back soon, but uh, him and Kurt Coleman have been holding down the kicking duties. Uh, in fact, of all the injuries that keep happening, it seems to be to the ones who, who involve kicking, and it's crazy. But uh, Martini Talapusi had a great kicking performance the last couple of weeks. He's been able to hold it down. Uh, You know, Connor Keys and and, uh, Damon Torres. I feel like I'm missing so many different ones. Oh, Harley Davis. He was injured all last year after getting hurt 10 minutes into the first game. He had a run, about a 40 or 50-yard run, where he basically had an interception. The ball kind of got tipped up in the air. It went over the top of Johan Monson's. Hands and it went right to Harley, who took off like he was shot out of a cannon. Like he just one minute he's here and one the next minute he's almost gone. He's able to flip it up. I think Heaton ended up with the uh, score in that one. He made it. It's like a forty or fifty-yard run before anybody got close to it. It's just the overall depth of this team that makes them just incredible. Just incredible. Like I said, it's, you know, last year they were no more for their defense. Well, a little bit different coaching style. It's the two assistants that were under the last coach we had. But Coach Steve and Coach Blake have been doing just an incredible job. And it seems like they uh, are a little more on the aggressive side. But from what uh, I've heard in my talks with both of them, fantastic people. Everybody on this team is approachable. If you see them you know, post-game or something like that, feel free to talk to them. They'll talk to you. And they don't talk to me just because I'm media. They just will come up and if they see you in passing, you know. But they have kind of said, yeah, we looked at the roster that we had and we looked at the guys that we had and we said, where are the strengths? What are they good at? What type of game benefits them the most? And that's the strategy they use each and every week. So some weeks it is more defensive. It depends on who they're playing as well. See, they're adaptive. They're not going to go one centralized theme. They're going to go, what is going to put the other guy on his back foot? And so that's what they've been doing. So like I said, they've got, uh, the next game is today versus Old Glory DC. That's in DC, 7pm on FS1. And then the next home game is at 3 o'clock next Saturday. New England Free Jacks will be in town. I'll be around. I'm very easy to find. I'm the only one in a vest and tie in the building or in the in the stadium. Come find me. We'll talk rugby. Just come say, hey. We're, we're totally cool with that. I'll remind you guys next week as well. But, uh, yeah, that's the next home game. That's at Silverback Park. If you've never been there, it's a fun park. Uh, get there early, though. Limited parking. But plenty of room for everybody. Um, While we're at it, let's go – Atlanta United, who have had uh, an interesting year as well. They had the opening game, which uh, myself and Jake Skinner from right here at Impact Media were able to go to uh, fun kickoff, by the way. Uh, they beat Sporting Kansas City 3-1. to They followed that up the next week in Colorado by getting beat 3-0. to Yep. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you get called on back foot. Um, they followed that up with the win versus Charlotte last week. And then they played Montreal yesterday. They, uh, they go up one to nothing. And you're like, hey, great. And then they proceed to give up three straight goals to the Montreal Impact, who going into yesterday had not won a single game and not done very well at all. Um, part of this, I will say it, I'm in the media, I can say this, and I don't get into as much trouble. I don't care. The officiating was a little erratic. It was a little erratic. Now, I'm going to watch the game back and see if I can pick up on some of the stuff they were talking about, because I didn't see it, a lot of it initially. Some, okay, here and there, but... Um, the one that fascinates me, and I'll have more next week on this, is that Dom Dwyer comes in as a substitute and promptly gets a red card not long after being in the game. you got to be pretty special to do that. Or it's just a uh, ridiculous call. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give the officiating the benefit of the doubt as well as the player here. And I'm going to go back and watch it a couple times and see if I can see exactly what happened and why they called what they did. But, my goodness. Like I said, Atlanta scores a goal. They go up 1-0. Then they promptly give up three. Then that red card comes. Then they score two more goals. This thing ends as a 3-3 draw. Wow. How you come back and, and salvage a point out of something when you were getting railroaded is uh, it speaks to that Montreal is still in some some, uh, not-so-great places that they're trying to fix. And also that uh, this Atlanta team can be explosive at times and uh, explosive in a good way. And so they were this time. They were able to put everything back together. I look forward to hearing what... um, E. Marcel Pertout with the Sports Inquirer, and uh, Jason, John, and Jarrett all with soccer down here. And, of course, Doug Robertson from the AJC with Southern Fried Soccer. Uh, I, those are the people I listen to. For one, I know them. And two, they're really good people, and they cover... The sport fantastically. Uh, you guys feel free to cover. I mean, to, to listen to who you want, but those are the people I listen to. I look forward to hearing their breakdown of what they thought happened. I I haven't talked to either of them yet. I will be talking to a couple of them soon, and we'll be hearing from them soon. So we will. Uh, we'll see what they think about it. But hey, it's it's also it is what it is in sports. Sometimes you get dealt a bad hand, officiating wise, and you can either over, overcome it or you can whine and moan about it. And uh, and not get any results, so they were able to put it together. Got a three three draw. You get that game out of town, and then their next game uh, looks like they're are they off next week? They they are off next week. The next game they play is in D.C. on April the second, seven thirty on that one. So there you go. They actually get a week to kind of shore some things up, get some people healthy. You'll be missing at least Dom Dwyer for the uh, next game because of a red card. It's usually how that works. But uh, Atlanta United, man, they're fun. And it was fun to get to go, even the kickoff game like that. Uh, Jake had never been, so it was good to take him and, and show him what all it's about. And he's, from the time we walked in the building, he saw some of the tailgate stuff early We walked in the building, and he looked around, and he said, I get it. You just immediately are immersed in this culture that just feels like uh, just a backyard party. You're just having fun. And uh, we look forward to going to some more games. Hopefully we'll see you guys down there at those. Let's go to Major League Baseball next, and then we will finish up with NASCAR. That will be starting momentarily, I believe. All right, big news in baseball, the lockout ended. Yep, the lockout ended. The owners stopped being completely dumb, and the players gave in a little bit. And uh, for now, we have a season. It's still going to be 162 games long, which is probably 15 or 20 longer than it should be. But don't ask my opinion. It's good that the lockout's over. So then, as far as the Braves are concerned... It came down to Freddie Freeman. And let's start here. Freddie Freeman, one of the all-time greatest Braves. We know that. One of the biggest faces of the team. We know that. He's taken hometown discounts before. We know that. He deserves to get paid. Paid big with a big contract. He's one of the best players in the league. But just because he deserves it, A, doesn't mean he's going to get it, and B, doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get it from the team he thought he would get it from. So Freddie Freeman um, was hoping that he the fallback was that he could always come back to the Braves, but he was talking with the Dodgers and the Yankees, who were highly interested. Well, the lockout ends. A couple days go by. A couple days go by. We keep hearing there's some back and forth here and there. Back and forth as far as good, solid talks. Not arguments. Nothing heated. And then... And then we hear that the Braves have made a trade with the Oakland Athletics. For a guy that the people I know over in the Oakland area, over in the California area, and and the people that I know with the A's organization, every time I talk baseball with them, one of the first two names out of their mouth is Matt Olson. Want to know what Matt Olson is, Braves fans? He is a younger Freddie Freeman, a younger, cheaper Freddie Freeman, because what Freddie wants and what Matt Olson is getting paid is he immediately signed a a uh, very team-friendly deal extension that's going to keep him here for a long time. He is a slightly slightly younger Freddie Freeman. He's one of the top five first basemen in Major League Baseball. And a lot of people go, well, how come I hadn't heard of him? Well, because he plays for the Oakland Athletics, who typically don't win a lot of games. They're usually not on TV very often unless you live on the West Coast. They're a good, solid organization. They just are kind of like the Tampa Rays. seems like they trade their big stars as opposed to signing them. So, their loss is... Because they, they get a pretty good haul of young prospects. A couple of them you guys have probably heard of. Most of them you probably haven't. It was, uh, what's the name, Patchy that played in the outfield for the Braves. There was a couple pitchers, and there was a catcher. Yeah. The catcher thing kind of concerns me a little bit because now you're going to have to put somebody in the system because you don't have a catching prospect, a real high one. But, hey, the Braves get Matt Olsen. The A's get some more prospects. And so that leaves. Okay, well, Freddie will just go to the Yankees then. And then the Yankees hear about this trade, and they say, well, we've re-signed Anthony Rizzo, and he's going to play first base for us. Oh. Okay. It's a good move for them because he was already in-house. He's cheaper than Freddie Freeman, for one. And um, he, he's uh, versatile. He can play a couple other positions. So now Freddie has to go to the Dodgers and go, okay, well, now let's talk. So it probably cost him a little bit of money here and there. He kind of overplayed his hand, in my opinion, just a little. But sometimes, you know, no risk, no reward. He took a risk. He's still getting rewarded. He's getting a a pretty good-sized contract from the Dodgers, and Freddie Freeman will be, let's see, I think they play in L.A. about the 19th or 20th of April, and I think they will be in Atlanta. The Dodgers will play here sometime around the weekend of the 24th. That sounds right. Somewhere around there. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Freddie's now a Dodger. He is actually from California. So is his wife. So it's good that he is a little closer to, to hometown and things like that. Freddie's still going to do some good things. He is part of one of the most loaded rosters I've seen probably since the Cincinnati Reds back in the, uh, the what was it, the 80s? Yeah. Early in my life. So, hey, good for them. Go for them, right? So let's go to NASCAR. NASCAR, which is uh, is just kicking off, according to my producer, just kicking off about now. I will uh, go ahead and say that I believe Kyle Busch is going to win. I tell my mom that every race. In fact, pick up my phone now. I don't know if you guys can hear me typing, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find my mom on the list. She watches all the races. I, I've watched all the races this year. And I'm going to say Kyle is going to win. And we will check a flag on that and a trophy and send. So, I do that every race. I like to mess with her. Uh, she's not a fan of, of my racers, Kyle and Denny. But it is what it is. But let's talk about this year. This year's NASCAR season has been fun. They do the race out at the Coliseum at USC. They're trying something different. I think it's something I said on a previous show. Look, for the longest time, baseball and NASCAR are having the same problem. They Their they're target audience, and they're they're diehard fans, the ones that show up every time to watch all the stuff, Watch all the shows. They uh, they buy the merchandise, all that kind of stuff. They have those, but they're not gaining as many fans as the other ones are. They're they're because uh, a lot of people are like, well, NASCAR. They just uh, go take take all those left turns. They just go in a circle. It's the same thing for 500 laps. First of all, all the races are 500 laps anymore. Uh, the one today's in Atlanta uh, is 325, but it takes I don't know, 30 seconds to run a lap, so pretty quick. And secondly, you know, for the longest time, they kept doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like I said, NASCAR and baseball did this, and that's called insanity. It really is. Look it up. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. So, unlike baseball, who continues to do the same things and wonder why they're getting less and less fans. NASCAR says, let's do something different. Let's race in a football stadium, college football stadium. Well, we tried it. It was uh, kind of weird, kind of funky. But it was different. And uh, I thought it worked. I thought it was pretty good. And so, And this year's NASCAR... You've got your big staples, you know, the Kyle's and the Denny's like I said, you've got the Logano's, and you've uh, you've got Brad Keselowski and uh, they're, they're kind of the 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 old school guys nowadays. And they're they're doing some solid things, but it's the young guns that are making the biggest impact. And what I mean by this, Daytona 500 your winner was Austin Cindric. Austin to NASCAR fans, they know him. People like me, I had to look him up and see a little bit about him. Uh, really good racer. Gets the opportunity. He's actually been doing pretty well the rest of the year, too. A lot of uh, top finishes. But he wins. Uh, Daytona. So they go to Fontana the next week. Kyle Larson wins. Kyle Larson somebody you might have heard of. He's kind of in between the uh, the old school and the new school. But uh, even after even after his little misstep, He was able to rebound. He won the championship last year, and uh, he's got to be the perennial favorite to win almost any race because Kyle's just really, really good. They go to Las Vegas, where the number 48 car, not Jimmy Johnson. We just saw him in, in the F1 race. He was doing pretty good. Probably one of his best finishes, maybe. I didn't see the end of it. But the number 48 car of Alex Bowman. It's a Hendrick car. He finds pay dirt. And the winner circle. So then we go again. We're like, well, surely one of the old school guys is going to win soon, right? Well, we go to Phoenix. Number 14 car. Nope, not Tony Stewart. This is Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe, he gets the winner circle. So we've got five young guns, or four young guns so far that have won. And here's the crazy thing. The poll for Atlanta. Here's your top four. Kyle, the guy I just talked about, Kyle Busch, he was fourth. Logano, Joey Logano was third. Ryan Blaney was second, and Chase Briscoe, last year's or last week's winner, was the pole sitter here in Atlanta. They're out at uh, Hampton at Atlanta Motor Speedway, by the way. I think it's fantastic. If the same people won every time, people are less likely to tune in because guy ah, that guy's just going to win again, like he did last time. Now that being said, the fact that as I said, your, your Kyle's and your Denny's and, and Kyle's brother, Kurt, Kurt Bush, he's in there, um, Almirola, Kevin Harvick, uh, even, even, uh, even Bubba Wallace and uh, Daniel Suarez. I'm surprised these guys have not found the winner's circle yet. NASCAR is not as top-loaded as it used to be, as it has started to even out. It wasn't just the cars. It's not just the crews. It's not just the drivers. It's the package of all three. Uh, Here we are now. looks like Blaney, Briscoe, Logano are are, uh, all sitting in there. But uh, Kyle is actually leading the race right now. Good race. Hopefully you guys tune in and see it. It has been uh, just a fun season. I'm glad I, I chose to start watching all these races again. Because I used to watch them with my mom. Like I said, she's a huge NASCAR person. She watches all the races. And I used to watch them a lot with her. And uh, it's, it's just been fun to, to dial back into it and and uh, get, get back into it again. So much fun. And it's fun talking with you guys about all these things. I've had conversations about almost everything that I just talked about in the last 55 minutes with all of you. With, with some of you in the last few weeks. So hopefully we see you guys somewhere down the road. That's going to do it for us here on That Sports Show. Remember, today's show is called Diva-ness. Shout out to you, Julio. We see you. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Promise. Deuces, gooses. Watch NASCAR.